at the station She's drifting with nothing to do Right you are at the 150 Val and Clara half away the emissary But right you are with 100 metres to go Drawing clear and continues to build the picket fence Right you are the winner from Val and Clare and Emerson She walked like a fellow Dresses in day glow When she's in pain she pretends to go. Lofty Strike is flashing down the outside, but it's the Philly in secret holding on, in secret with the new market, in secret. Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the year-round carnival with Vince Accardi and your host, Racetrack Rolfie. G'day, thanks so much for checking out our year-round carnival review podcast. Melbourne and Sydney played fast and in, talk about secrets for the Angels, bit of no secrets, bit of Aussie rock there. It's no secret that James Cummings is just a master trainer getting his horses to elevate into the big races. Grand final time for In Secret, she delivered with a late pickup ride to Dean Holland, we'll talk about that. Also in Sydney, Espiona. Brutal, brutal pace. Wowee, were the tracks fast up there. Chris Waller, another big race winner for him and another big race winner for Michael D, who dead set can win on a broomstick at these big races at the moment. He's having an unbelievable run. Vince Cardi from Daily Sectionals. Good morning to you. Good morning, Ralphie. And man, was the racing just sensational. It really was. I mean, some of the speed that happened, it's, it just brings me back. I don't know. A number of years, all I can say is just unbelievable. So, I guess what's it all mean? Rose Hill, how well did it play? Please. It, oh, that track had to be playing F2, F3, uh, G3. Just had to be, Ralphie. I mean, when I look at the, the setup, even if I eliminate the two races that were run really, really fast, that on its own still brought the track in excess of two lengths faster than standard. And then pretty much from the 600 to the finish line was rock solid between one to one and a half lengths faster than standard. Let's start with the Coolmore Classic, the race eight on the program here. The headache before the race was this with Anna Visto, and you, you can listen to what you said on the preview uh, on the preview podcast because we always put everything up completely unedited, so you can choose it, please yourself. As far as the favourite Anna Visto, your thoughts were: you wish it was fourteen hundred, nearly a standout, but fifteen hundred was just going to be the outer edge. But once you had a real bit of clarity on the Saturday, as long as she got a real reasonable break early, in other words. The, the uh, a speed on her terms, she'd take a power of beating. Did you get the speed on her terms? Oh, Ralphie, honestly, prior to Jenny was absolutely out to beat the land speed record, 13.7 lengths above the IVR benchmark. Ralphie, it's been a while, been a long while since I've seen that sort of brutality. And I had 
under no circumstances could I imagine that. Now, mind you, there was once in the past that prior to Jenny, we have to go back to October 21 when it did go plus 12.2. But not in my wildest dreams when I look at all, you know, especially last campaign, and maybe because it was the wet ground, Ralphie, I, I didn't expect this horse to go not even close to that speed. You know, in, in fact, I was expecting the horse to go 10 lengths slower than that. That's that's the reality. I, I didn't believe there could be that brutality. It was brutal. It, it's it's a type of race, 13.7 lengths above benchmark. So let's just particularly for those picking up your work for the first time. This is from the standing start to the 800-metre mark, so the first 700 yep. metres, and you're based on 1,440 records that you've done, and it's 13.7 legs faster than the average horses. That is just so insane, it's not funny. It is. That's 40 years of history, Ralph. You, you've got to really be kidding me. I mean, th- this is... Doncasters, we've seen it in the past, Ralphie, right, where you could be going that fast in those type of races every now and then, right? Yep. Uh, this is uh, it just just in the ten years we've we've done it together, or well, eleven, or exactly. I'm not sure how many years, but the reality is, I haven't seen this for some time. And then even in the mid race, I mean, give you an example. Prior to Jenny, who's nearly done the impossible, is still travelling 1.7 lengths faster than standard between the eight and the 400. It was going through brick walls. It's just amazing. Yeah. So overall, you always say the golden spot. I'll get back to Pride and Jenny, but let's go back to the to the uh, first and second, maybe the third, but uh, you always say in an insane tempo race, it's three to six lengths, and good luck if you're not in that band. It really is good luck if you're not in that band. And Espiona, absolutely. I mean, we, we kept the horse on side, Ralphie, as being a, a genuine possibility, not expecting this sort of race shape, but at 7.3 lengths, Faster than stand. That's 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 the excellent spot to be, and that's the golden zone. Mind you, you're not doing without any pain. You you've got pressure, but compare. You know when you compare it to the rest of the runners, if you're two or three lengths further back than that, you're in a real no zone chance of winning. And if you're going two or three lengths faster than that, you're definitely going to end up out the back, right? I mean, yep. you can see Tor Jean, eleven point one, fourth last. Yeah, she would have slept well. Uh, Expat, 10.7, <laughs> second last, Ana Visto, last. So, Espiota, we had, had her in the foremost advantage, and, and this yep. is what we wrote about her in, in Sizzlers. Now, this is our Black Book product, and you get the IVR report with this. If you want to actually see for yourself uh, the uh, the information that we're giving across, the best way to get it is, is you get – both our recommendations for horses that we expect to run uh, be very hard to beat in the next couple of starts, and also Vince's uh, cutting-edge daily sectionals IVR report. And with Espiona after Sandown, we wrote, quality mare who to date hasn't delivered to her early boom when bolting in Oaks Day 2021, 2.1 lengths above benchmark, second career start, but she's clearly better, drier, and barely had an opportunity under that circumstance. Vince, how often have we said it uh, on this podcast? When all types of queries about her and rubbish, like she needed to go the Melbourne way going, you've just said this horse needs fast ground. Yeah, and it got it. And, yeah. and look at the speed the horse went out. I mean, it's a, it is a PB for the horse. I mean, that's a massive leap. That's a testament to how dynamic the trainer is, right? Yeah. Mr. Waller. I mean, just unbelievable. And the horse... Didn't do it easy either. In the mid-race, still travelling 4.2 lengths faster than standard. I mean, just just got tied over the last <laughs> overall 400, which is entitled to, right? But even then, it was still not giving up. In other words, what I'm saying is the horse was full of running, Ralphie, in terms of what it did. I mean, goodness me, if they're going, what is, what, 
what's the next target race for this? Is it Doncaster or something? Well, there's, there's the Doncaster and then there's the other mares like the, the Queen of the Turf and I haven't got right. the calendar in front of me, but it'll be those type of things. I just want to uh, finish off because what we did say, the last 200 in isolation saw a 1.1 length drop-off, which says conditioning elevation still expected, plus three range would take a power beating again, remaining in Melbourne against their own sex. So at that stage, they said they were going to keep her in Melbourne. Chris Wallace said, no, let's bring her to Sydney. Let's not listen to the noise that she needs to get the Melbourne way going. So she's gone from plus 2.2, we expected plus three, and she's ended up with plus 3.9, So uh, and, and which probably isn't a surprise given the insane speed. No, not a surprise. I always felt, and you touched on it, you know, like, this horse had the potential to get into that three range. Yep. And I knew if you get into the three range, you're going to be competitive, Vio. Unfortunately, I didn't capitalise on the horse uh, in terms of my own pocket, Ralphie. Yep. Would have loved to, right? But, uh, you know, just outstanding, outstanding training, brilliant horse. Does this bring it to, you know, a brand new level of possibilities? Could this horse now take another leap beyond that? It's hard to say, Ralphie, but it's lightly raced. We know mares can keep improving as they get older and stronger. So we've got a we've got a dynamic horse on our hands. She's a belter, always shown some promise, always had closing speed. Well, it didn't need closing speed here, it just needed to keep on its feet. But uh, she's run very, very well. Oh, how can you knock this run either, Ralph? This was fantastic. Just exploded onto the scene in my view. I mean, this one, if you look at this runner's profile, Compared to say Espiona, this runner she's a belt has had to do a lot more. Seven and a half lengths above the, the IVR benchmark. If I compare it to the just this campaign, I mean that's like fifteen lengths up in speed. But what did it also have in its armour? At least I could say we can go all the way back to Eagle Farm back in uh, June, where it did go nine point nine first section. So it probably knew how to cope, I guess. Yes. So that that's so let, let's get back to Prider Jenny. What is it just that some horses are, are outliers and can cope with high pressure, but uh she she would have slept well. <laughs> she would have slept well, but this is just a testament about how unbelievable the stable is. Yes. yes. That's what that's what it really is. Because I, I don't know how else any other any other trainer could be able to allow or make something like that actually happen. I mean, it's just unbelievable. And this is I always, I've just, well, I've got it absolutely in my brain, like locked in. This is a stable when they're targeting races under no circumstances, regardless of what you see form pattern wise, do you put them in the bin? Because they're just capable of getting the best out of them on the day, and they have done just that. And they came within millimeters of uh, pulling off another victory, and they'd be probably dis- bitterly disappointed because I don't believe Pride of Jenny could have gone any better than that. That was just, like, absolutely stunning. Right, Robert's asked, we always get our members uh, who support us, uh, an opportunity to ask questions to you on the uh, on the Monday, Vince. Robert's asked, what was the story with hope in your heart? Market perhaps told us she wasn't there to play, thought it would map well given the speed up front. Um, Vince, once again, this is a case that uh, speed up front is good, insane speed is not good. Yeah, just didn't have the setup, unfortunately, for this race. You, It's a tough thing to do to come straight in third up, well, second up into this race here and be sort of faced with this type of brutality. Mind you, this is a horse that barely breaks benchmark in the majority of its races through the first section. 
Yeah. And it's it's created a land speed record for itself as well. And this is what the drag effect does, Ralph. It's gone six lengths faster than standard. I actually felt in the mid-race, that was pretty gutsy as well. It was still travelling three lengths faster than standard. That was that – was, when I compare it to all the runners on the day and the average, this horse still stood right up as being rock solid in that mid-race performance. And, you know, okay, you, you, you're going you're gonna to find a little bit of weakness towards the end, and that's that's normal. The horse is going to benefit a lot from this race. The challenge now is you just got to hope a horse like this doesn't back up in 14 days. Uh, it's funny. We don't often get a chance to go apples to apples in horse racing, but we can with this horse because in the Golden Eagle, she ran fourth. It was a PB, 4.2 lengths above benchmark. It was a dynamic yep. performance. But what happened that day? She was going 2.6 lengths above benchmark. So at the 800 metres on Saturday, she was going four lengths faster than when she was in the Golden Golden Rose. Yeah, a Golden then, Eagle, rather. Yep, that's right. And then had to find another three quarters of a length in the mid-race as well. Yeah, so <laughs> that's that's going to show you that through the data, that's, that's a big ask for a horse. It is. But the beauty is, yep. had a, first of all, had, had one more run, that probably would have helped the horse a lot. So this is you know good for the stable. And the other side is it's still a young horse. When I say young, it's only a four-year-old mare, Ralphie. So still trending upwards. We um one of the uh, from the best down uh, you, you you're relying on other ho- on, on race shapes to guide you and and wh- why I'm saying that is here's the gotcha now Chris Waller could have gone into this race but instead chose the the easier option with target goals ahead I'm bet he's glad <laughs> glad he has Vince because we've got same track same distance what we wrote in Sizzlers just missed it a four way finish first over fourteen hundred there's a filly a serious talent who started her last prep. Minus 0.1, winning out over 1,200. Ended up winning the Group 1 flight stakes over a mile with 2.1 above. Benchmark on bog-heavy track. So the data is suggesting she's clearly a stronger filly this time in. So her previous best was 2.1. And Vince, she got the perfect race shape. It could have ended her campaign had she gone into the Cornwall. Well, not only entered the, yeah, entered the campaign, maybe entered the – sometimes they can end careers. Right They're curriculars, these yeah. races. <laughs> so yeah, what I mean, has it got you to do? I went two lengths below Benchmark. Yeah. First section. And overall? Overall, 3.5 above. So pretty stunning when you look at the breakdown of the performance, right? Mid-race, beautiful move and and improvement between the 8 and the 400, 4.3 lengths. And then, you know, excellent last 400 metres, plus 5.1. And you could see even the the rider at the end, there's a 0.1 drop-off. But that was all because he he said, you've done enough. You don't need to do any (laughs) more. Well... You, you've got to say, it's not often that three-year-old fillies uh, are dog-caster horses with their profile, but what you know to do this second up, 3.5 lengths above benchmark, that, that's getting it towards that territory. Yeah, well, the big thing here is this, Ralphie. You look at that combined last 800 metres, it's 8.4 lengths. That, that's excellent. That shows sustained speed. You've got excellent um, acceleration as well with sustained speed. That That's all the hallmarks that you're looking for, and a Big, big elevation in terms of its profile. And what I mean by big elevation, it's just the way it's had to handle itself. It's never been given the opportunity to go that fast for the last 400. Look at its history. There's one run at Ramwick first up back in August of last year when it went 2.7 lengths faster than standard. That's off a first section that's eight and a half lengths below. So to go six and a half lengths faster than that through the first section and then finish off the last 400 almost three lengths quicker, that just shows you the evolution of the horse and how much it prefers clean ground. 
Well, and like many horses in Sydney, barely got it in 2022. Let's just have another go at apples to apples, though, here. How happy James McDonald? Minus two lengths below benchmark at the 800 metres, 3.3 lengths from the lead. So if he was going at exactly the same speed in the Coolmore, he would have been 15 lengths off the lead. Yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you know the old story, you've got to... They've, they've got to be part of the pack. So yes. what that means is even if you were towards the end of the field, you um, st- you know, you're still going to be running, you know, fives and sixes above. Yep, no doubt. All right. So uh, we're going to look forward to seeing who got you, but we're going to be a big red, uh, red circle around what, what she's going to do. Here's a headache for you, Vince. Race seven, the sky high. Zarek, you're keyed on. Big odds, uh, particularly on the Friday. Sunshine Rising, the nine-year-old. We put him in Sizzlers. King Frankel, well, he was going to get the perfect run. He was going to run well. Where'd protagonists come from, please? Oh, Ralphie. <laughs> I know, the, the, the drumming of the beats were there in terms yeah. of the market, right? So I was sitting back and this. I just kept questioning myself, you know, like what have I missed? Because on profile, there's no way I could expect this horse personally to even break benchmark. But the money and where it was positioned in the market, that communication was very different, right? Yes. And there it is. It's turned up and run 2.2 above. And that was that. that's just such a top performance for this horse, right? That's a new PB, Ralphie. So, so just, and just to back this up, because if, if people listening to this didn't get our preview podcast, you, you spent a couple of hours on this horse individually, didn't you? Yes, I did. And... There was a handful of OS horses that were racing on the day, and I, I was really looking deep to try and find a run that, that could be better than benchmark, and it just wasn't there. Yeah. And, and it's not like it only had three or four race starts. It had plenty. I couldn't find it, and I just said to myself, okay, well, you, you, you know, you're at best. If you're lucky, you're a benchmark horse at best, but I wasn't even keen to go to that level with the horse. But obviously, the stable, uh, how good are they? They've got their horse to turn up and full credit. I mean, first section, almost benchmark between the eight and the four. This is a big thing to do, Ralph, 2,000 metres. Yep. Going 2.4 lengths above benchmark between the eight and the four. And then overall last 400 plus 1.9. Yes, Zyrek almost got it. And hung in the bugger yeah, and late too. <laughs> That's all. I mean, the the finish. If I look at the last two hundred point four versus two two point four above, I mean, you could just see how much that horse was storming home in comparison. And it's just one of these things. It's, it's easy for me to say, had you gone a length faster through the first section, you win. But maybe yep. not, right? Maybe not. This is just the way the race played out. All right. So, but terrific runs. Probably the first three horses there. Um, but you excellent. Know, the, yep. <laughs> the nine-year-old's not going to improve, but he uh, he's still running really well. Another horse. That, where did this come from? Too Cepheus in uh, race nine in the Ajax. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, this is a new level for the horse. Well, and how savage was the slowdown in the mid race? Like point one above overall. Monster slowdown between the eight and the four, going from two point eight above to minus four point three. That's savage, Ralph. That's jamming your foot in the brakes. Yep. So you know what that means? That <laughs> margin could have been like so different because I, I rarely do horses produce good performances when they have such a savage slowdown like that. And yet this horse not only rebounded off that. And then finished off the last 400 metres with a plus 3.1. In fact, that was all created over the last 200 metres. You know, like I'm just asking myself, like, how did you do that? And, but it did. And and this this is, 
again, when I look at its profile, it's a plus one range horse. So the, the figures are no surprise. I mean, it, it came in just above benchmark. Personally, I'd be adding two lengths to that in terms yep. of the big slowdown mid-race, just two savage seven lengths virtually. And this would, you know, on the technicals for me, on my graph, I've already scored this horse that, you know, I have an expectation. You're just a genuine plus two horse and who knows, could keep going. So always try and ask why afterwards. You know, we, we try and look at it at every angle beforehand and that's part of the uh, the, the art and the craft. But uh, why afterwards? Well, let's go back to the spring. He, he, he was very competitive with two serious horses, think it over and shared ambition. And then it, I think he went a little bit too fast in that 2400 race and then he's missed 476 days uh, resuming as a gelding. So he probably hadn't had a chance to put it together. But now that he has, this is a very good talent. It is a good talent, Ralphie, and you're right about pointing out, like if you look at that run in October 21 over 2,000 metres, you only have to look at the sustained speed. Yes, it was off a soft pace, and, and really that horse, that whole campaign, other than the very first start run, they were all slow speed and the last start, right, before the big break. But that was the real big sign there, that the 5.6 between the 8 and the 400, and then 5.6 last 400. In other words, that's a 11.2 lengths combined last 800 you know you're in you know fairly solid company if you can do that all right well you did have uh have you, i'm sure yourself and uh, and our listeners uh, clapping their hands with cannonball in race five this is what you said about cannonball in the Mor- in the uh, uh the fifth race the mccartan uh first up on our preview podcast let's just have a look at this run ralphie last campaign flemington this is the way it finished off its preparation. 1.2 above. Managed to sort of get into that top 10 for the day. That's excellent profile. The winner goes, all right, called Giga Kick. Yeah, I mean, exactly. <laughs> I mean, and then you look at the effort the horse had to do. It's not easier for him to, Ralphie, when you're running pretty much from start to finish above benchmark. It's a tough thing to do. And the horse, there was a bit of momentum lost between the six and the 400 that I felt absolutely stifled the horse's energy and could have, in fact, allowed this horse to be much higher in terms of its overall IVR score. Leading barrier trial, very, very solid, giving the indication that this horse is pretty much set. So when you come in with a barrier trial near benchmark, Ralphie, what it does is it gives you a clear sign the horse is probably going to run right up to what it did at a PB last campaign, subject to if there was any inefficiency in that run. So I just said, I can't help but score this horse at least plus 1.2 with the possibility of going further up because it doesn't have to do much off the barrier trial to run to that level. And here you are. And Vince, that was uh, that was a very nice find there, mate. Uh, Cannonball, and it raced exactly as you want to do. Owned the lead and was very strong when asked. Oh, and... Not only strong, but then I looked at it and I go, hey, you know, like they didn't make any impression on it. Yeah. And I look at that first section. <laughs> Jesus, <laughs> Preble, too good. 4.1 lengths below benchmark. He's a master slowing horses mid-race. He just didn't have to because he'd already slowed the whole field down through the first 300 metres and then said it's time to go. And I love the move in the in the mid-race. Like it wasn't like an overextended move. It was pretty good. 6.2 lengths mid-race move and then magnificent overall last 400 plus 3.7. And the horses just went bang on to what it did first uh, at its last start last campaign. So this horse has come back. 
in my view, bigger, better, and stronger. And there's no doubt this horse has got further improvement to come. All right. Well, I'll ask about Steel City on our uh, Group One bonus podcast. Mm-hmm. So, if you're a Group One member, you'll uh, you'll receive a bit of a chat about Steel City and also another couple of horses that uh, ran in Melbourne that I want to ask you about as well. So, yeah, we always look after people who look after us. We're corporate bookmaker, ad free, independent. If you want to support us by being a member, you can do so via my website, racetrackralphie.com.au, and you will receive the bonus podcast that will include Steel City and a couple other Flemington races that we can't get to for time. And this Friday, our Preview podcast will, of course, be Golden Slipper Day. What a day it's going to be. We're going to see Animo run and the George Ryder. We've got the, uh, the the really good weight for age horses, apart from Animo, going in the 2000 uh, race, the uh, the, uh, the Ranvit. Uh, also, we're going to have uh, the Rose Hill Guineas. So it'll be fantastic. So we'll do a preview of that. And there will be an option for an add-on of just the All-Star Mile only. So we won't do the whole Mooney Valley meeting, but we'll do the All-Star Mile only if you want to do that as an add-on. And you can get the early edition of Race Speed Profiles, which is no uh, no write-ups beyond the most advantage and, and the other other technicals there, but no write-ups. But that's the early edition as a bonus add-on you can get as well. So uh, go to the links, racetrackrelfie.com.au, preview podcast. Let's look at Fleming and Vince. Well, we said our quick uh, our quick Rose Hill played and Flemington. There were no hoses out last, last week. They had played nice and slick. Yes, yes. Well, interesting that you say that, Ralphie. When I look at the the breakdown, what um, I, I was sort of trying to was trying to understand like with the first few races, like they were well below benchmark. Those the very first three races, like I mean, to the eight hundred race one was like three and a half, but oddly enough, so was the eleven 1, hundred meter race. Yep, and then the sixteen hundred meter race, which was eight and a half below. I mean, I did sort of say that a lot of that was. Uh, in terms of just the shape of the race as opposed to the condition. So maybe very, very early in the day, that was um, a little bit off from my point of view. But overall, when I track through the whole day, it's come bang on 0.6 faster than standard for the day, which is almost, well, within half a length either way of being, you know, the perfect ground you want. Between, you know, into the 600-metre mark, it was still, you know, 0.1 to 0.2 faster than standard and then the last 400 as I expected we got sort of that quickest possible ground and even the quickest you know the final 200 was only like 2.4 lengths faster than standard so overall you had to mark the track genuinely between G3 and, and G4. Let's look at the new market, Vince. Uh, I've worked with it for ten years, which means I just—I think Black Caviar had a couple of runs towards the end of his career, so three runs when I started work with, with you. But basically, I've, it was the post Black Caviar era. I confidently say I've never seen a new market or probably any twelve hundred Flemington race as fast over the first eight hundred meters since I've worked with you. Wow! And this is the thing, right? That you could have this type of scenario play out, and it was brutal. Absolutely brutal. Six lengths faster than Stan. No surprise that Snapper finished last, right? No surprise. <laughs> and just on that, so so let, let's take a breath. This is a standing start first 400. To yep. be six lengths above benchmark, Fleming in 1,200. What do you got, 1,200 records? This is a phenomenal early speed. Yeah, they just took off. <laughs> and, and they literally took off. And this just put pressure on, on every runner, really. It just did. Even if you're travelling above benchmark, that's still a very good speed, but it just means that it's going to create this scenario where the dulling of the finish could come into play. It's because it's not sustainable. I mean, 
not only did they do that, but look at the charge in the mid-race, right? Yep. The average speed in the mid-race, and this is taking all runners into consideration, was five lengths faster than standard, the average. And then if I just go and just yeah, hone on the top five runners, you, you need to be about six lengths faster than standard to cope and be in the race. So you can have all types of thoughts uh, watching the race, post-race, and I'm talking about your first thoughts, and mine were, okay, mm-hmm. I wish I win. We're both super keen on it. I'm, I know Absolutely. the way you played, Vince. You were, you were, you were a place-on-side man, so you, you still won on the race. But uh, in secret, we'll get to, but I just want to say that, that you know, you can talk about lanes and everything else. In the end, your eye is not going to tell you how fast that first 800 was. No. No, it's not going to tell you that. So that's going to blunt any horse's finish. So firstly, in secret, the last throwaway line you did on the Saturday morning, Vince, was maybe this horse is the new sunline. Well, <laughs> it has can, to can always we say be that, that he isn't? That yeah, she isn't? No, well, no, and I mean, we've got to say she's like on that. I mean, firstly, you know, how good's the stable? Seriously, Ralph. Yep. Oh, don't get me wrong. In the beginning of the campaign, was I – you know, hoping for monster things from this horse? Definitely yes, right? Yes. I made sure that we kept it in the top four, right? Because I'm going to, you know, respect the horse like we said, could this be the sunlight? Mind you, not that I was expecting this performance, right? Yep. But I thought, oh, well, who knows? Maybe you're going to run four, plus four. And if you run plus four, you're there, you know, big way. But to do what this did off the preparation, that's what – Makes me like think about the stable. Look at the last start and the start before. First up, Randwick, 7.7 lengths below benchmark first section. Overall performance, 0.2 below. Yeah, not really a dynamic return, but you look at the last 400 metres and say, okay, well, that's an excellent plus 5.1. You're in good shape. You're not in bad shape. And then probably this was the funny one for me. Is I expected a lot more at its next start going to 14. And it did improve in the early speed by around three and a half lengths. But the overall last 400 was only 0.8 above. But this was strategically a, a similar setup play to the campaign before, with the only difference being is this runner was trending a lot higher figure-wise than what it was this prep. And then it's come out here and it's exploded. Firstly, the plus two, this is something this horse has gone at speed-wise in the past. Fantastic. But the 6.6 in the mid-race, that's a new PB for the horse, and it was monster. And won at the race, Ralphie. So it's accelerated big time. How often would a horse so, – so overall, by the way, so we, we in our sizzlers, we expected her to run yep. to her best, 3.6, and she's run 5.2. So yep. she's exploded to a new level. But how often can a horse dominate a new market and run the 53rd best last 200 of the day. They were all knackered, <laughs> to use the Australian vernacular. Yeah, yeah. And that, and that's correct, Ralphie. This is spot on. And this is the tough part. when I Because I, you know, closely examined the first three across the line. Because Lofty Strike was showing, you know, pretty serious potential, right? Yeah. Maybe I wasn't expecting that run. But when I really looked at those three runs... That di- I, can't, I cannot believe this, right? The difference was all this. It's the it's the true handicapping scenario of the chessboard. Out of those three horses, who's leading in secret, going two lengths above? Who's in second spot? You know, this is when I'm comparing those three, right? Yep. Half a length behind, lofty strike. Who's in third spot? 
you know, when I compared, I wish you in another 1.8 lengths further behind. That's the gap, right? Yep. So, and that's the handicap and what creates the explosion. See, if they were orderly in the mid-race and they didn't make this big transfer of energy, things may have turned out very different about, you know, how big the explosion is in the last 400. And it could have brought a whole bunch of other horses into the race. But the reality was it was so ferocious in the mid-race, right, that there's no energy left and everybody's running on empty. And there's the finish. It's where you were after going 400 metres was going to determine your outcome. Well, well and, and look at some other horses that we know are good talents, like the Mayor's September Run and Bella Nipatina. They just fell off a cliff because this is insane pressure. Oh, absolutely insane. And the beauty Star of that Patrol, is... we can add him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> could add that in for sure but uh and you know let, let's go to private eye as well probably uh, the only downside for private eye was with this setup one run too short right you needed to have had at least one genuine race start because yeah. it's too much it's too much pressure i've got a little one with private eye and this is where we we love um uh comparing comments to what what a, a rider in this case an elite rider like Brenton Abdullah's feeling to the numbers so Brenton Abdullah's quote i'm reading you off race net uh he ran really well he wasn't beaten overly far but what surprised me that he wasn't traveling from a long way out when josh won on him here he was traveling a long way out so what i've got open here is the uh that first up run at flemington uh on Turnbull Stakes Day, when he was explosive, 4.4 lengths above benchmark. He smashed Rock and Horse, who then won the Group 1. He came to play, 4.4 lengths above. But the first 800 metres was benchmark. What was his first 800 here, Vince? Yeah, well, here you go, plus 1.3, right? And no, that's first you, 400. I'm talking yeah, about first, first 800. First 800 metres you're talking about, now you've got 6.7. <laughs> so, so he's going 6.7 lengths past the first 800. That's why he wasn't travelling. Oh, yeah, the 100%. <laughs> <laughs> this horse has never gone that fast in the mid-race, Ralphie. Yep. So we can make money out of I Wish I Win, can't we? Because he, well, he's, he's running his explosive clothes in the mid-race. Yeah, explosive. And now now I, I get it, like in terms of, I don't know, Everest and all these things, but it sets the horse up for that capability. It's a three-year-old filly. Oh, you t- sorry, back to the winner, yep. Yeah, sorry. Yep. Yeah, three-year-old filly, massive. Yes. So, grandfather, and so what you touched on about the same setup in the spring, I, I, I actually put this out in a newsletter yesterday. You got to marry up trainer's intent, not the bullshit of statistics, because trainer looked at the pattern. Obviously, he's got Dominic, the juniors like Dominic Byrne yep. helping him. Right, this worked in the spring 1200, 1400, back to 1200, explode. Well, yep. so he's delivered it, and it, that was his intent. I looked at this, Vince, the last 30 years, not one horse has won the new market after coming down from Sydney running in the 1400. So what's that tell you? Look at what the trainer does. Don't worry about what's in the history books. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's so true. Yeah, exactly. And and it was it was in the market. There was, you know, excellent money yeah. for the horse. So you knew – not only did you, Yeah, you knew this horse was going to, you know, step up and run. And the reality is it, it did do that. And mind you, I know we haven't really touched on I Wish I Win – the horse. No, so tell me more about that because my, my thoughts were that, you know, when you as great as he was in the Lightning, that's a totally different race shape to him. So his big closing speed was in the mid-race here. Well, here's the thing. I mean, on a personal level, of course, I was a little bit disappointed. I was happy that I made money on, yep. out of the race, but I was disappointed because I really felt the horse could win and we could see the emergence of another star. Well, we've seen one anyway, the emerging <laughs> star, right? Yeah. But, and I was a bit sort of, 
you know, dejected from it. But then I, you know, when I put all the numbers together and I go, well, you know, how could I, you know, be disappointed? I mean, the horse has still gone 4.1. It's <laughs> increased the profile. And, and when I sit back and just reflect upon myself and the form work, well, I had an expectation this horse is going to run somewhere between four and five, right? Yep. So I actually got some comfort that this horse did step up and run. And the reality is this. There's not that I'm saying could they have gone quicker through the first section. I doubt that, right, given yep. the setup of 1,200 metres. But I felt that the horse did all that it could under the circumstances and performed sensationally. For a, for a runner that we know, for an absolute fact, is even more explosive over more ground. So with um, uh, Darren's asked, uh, thoughts on I wish I win with field splitting into two and I wish I win being extreme grandstand lanes. I, I, my personal view before I ask you, Vince, is that that was my initial reaction, but now with the data, it, it probably had nothing to do with lanes. It's just the ratio. Well, there it is. Of course, if you're huddled together, you can see things a little bit better yep. in terms of you know that measurement, but the reality was don't really think they could have gone much quicker, Ralphie, through the first section. You know, coming off a 1,000-metre run, you do lose a little bit of speed, right? Yeah. And, you know, even though it's moody and it's 21 days, a little bit's got to go, right? And yet, I felt there was, um, you know, the horse still improved, what, three lengths in early speed? In yep. the mid-race, the horse has improved six and a half lengths. I mean, that's big, Ralphie, still, right? That's what yep. I mean. The closing speed was in the mid middle. Yep. Best last eight hundred of the day. I mean, he's he's, he's a serious horse. This bloke he just didn't get it his way. Um, let, let, actually, you just made me think of something. So there's talk about Adamo going to Royal Ascot. Five point two in secret. That wins most UK sprints, doesn't it? Well, put it this way: if they've got plans of doing that, they they wouldn't be doing the wrong thing. That's for sure. I mean, that's that's puts you like. Outside of Australia, that puts you right up into the mix because that's typically what the speed horses run overseas around that four to six range. So they yep. were right in the mix. And she handles wet ground, uh, as yep. we saw in the Coolmore. So she's a bit of a star. All right. Well, that rounds off our uh, our, our preview edition. Like I said, if you want to get our, our – sorry, our review edition, if you want to get our preview of Golden Slipper Day, go to my website, racetrackralphie.com.au, go to the preview podcast. Uh, all Vince Carty's work via daily sectionals and our Group 1 bonus. We're gonna, I'm going to ask you about the uh, the Australian Cup prelude and also shock them over. We might have a bit, bit to learn there via the data as well. In the meantime, thanks so much for getting our year-round carnival podcast.